Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm with the wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Yeah, baby. This is the Man Up Podcast, and we're glad you're here. Where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church in Sugarland, Texas, right outside of Houston. So, what you do is you grab that globe, you spin it around, bang, you'll find Texas, the second largest state in the Union. In the southeast side is Houston. Southwest side of that is Sugarland, and that is where we are. This is the Man Up spiritual oasis for men we're not pastors we're just regular guys and we are on this path of faith and steve brought up a good point i have a little different perspective on this path of faith but that's a rabbit hole we'll go down a little bit later we are currently in connect 360 rescue and redemption lesson 10 which is a father's desperate request for his son's rescue. And you know, because this is a spiritual oasis for men, I think each and every one of you out there listening can identify with what this lesson is going to be about. If you've never listened to us before, we are on SoundCloud, where we have all of our archived podcasts. You might have found us on iTunes. Additionally, we are on Facebook if you want to see what we look like. And if you're ever in the Sugarland area, stop in. We have this awesome group at 11 o'clock on Sunday anyway. so But what we're doing tonight is we go around the room. We have basically a panel discussion. We throw out the topic ahead of time. And then we go through some scripture. And then we take whatever different views because we know not each and every one of you is going to identify with any one of us so that's why we're here and that's why we're glad you are here you'll you won't find this anywhere else and so i'm going to go ahead and introduce the panel and uh and then i'll go around and let them uh, give a basic summary of the lesson because hey we're guys we're impatient we don't want to wait and so we're starting out with gosh I really had to step up my game when I saw these two guys here. We have, he is a professional policy writer. I'm a writer. I write comedy. He writes stuff that's actually true. I make stuff up. <laughs> totally different league. And he's a gambler, which I don't gamble, which means I'm typically a loser. Steve Titch, professional writer and gambler. He's here. And on the other side of the table, and you think it might be, it might get a little easier for the Coxmeister to step up his game? No. We have, he is a professional trainer as well as an intellectual. He's even been to seminary, but he's not a pastor. We consider him a regular guy. It's Robert Koshy. We call him the professor. My name is Bill Cox. So if you're out there thinking that you probably don't have a whole lot of game, listen to my voice. You'll probably really identify with me. So. We're in Lesson 10, which is taken from Mark 9, 14 through 29. We'll read it a little bit later. 
going to go around the room and start out with Mr. Steve Titch. Summarizing it, um, right here in verse 24, I believe, help my unbelief, uh, which is what the Father says to Jesus. And anybody uh, who's really out, who's, who's really more or less a Christian or working toward it uh, knows that faith, doubt is, doubt is part of the process. Uh, and that's what this is about, doubt. Excellent. Professor? I, I always liked the disciples in this because the dad took the boy to the disciples to pray and the disciples couldn't do it. And like Steve said, it, it, it's Paul's old working out your faith. And I think this is one of the earliest examples we get of working out your faith to, to find your faith journey and work through it. So it's I going to be a great lesson. It is a great lesson. A couple of things that I didn't even bring this up in our class, but the, I, I did think about it, was on doubt. So many men, especially men out there, not only do they doubt themselves, but they pile on. Stop it. And some guys do it for sport. So they make themselves look like a victim. I think that that is one of the hardest things about doubt. What is reasonable? What is helpful? And then when you pass that line, especially as a man, to where it actually hinders your leadership ability. It needs to stop there. That's kind of my thing. So, and with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, I say we, but actually I read because it's one of the few things I can do. So we're at Mark 9, 14 through 29. When they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and some scribes arguing with them. When the whole crowd saw him, they were immediately overcome with awe and they ran forward to greet him. He asked them, what are you arguing about with them? Someone from the crowd answered him, teacher, I brought you my son. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. And whenever I seize him, it seizes him, it dashes him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to cast it out, but they could not do so. He answered them, you faithless generation, how much longer must I be among you? How much longer must I put up with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. When the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell to the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. It has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you are unable to do anything, have pity on us and help us. Jesus said to him, If you are able, all things can be done for the one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You spirit that keeps this boy from speaking and hearing, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. After crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he was able to stand. When he had entered the house, the disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? 
He said to them, this kind can come out only through prayer. Yes, I think the highlight of that particular section of scripture is the man's doubt. Mm-hmm. But here's the, here's the a, a point that I just wanted to throw out to you guys ahead of time is this. The only people that, oh, I hate using only and never, the vast majority of people that doubt their faith are the ones that have worked the hardest to cultivate it. It Wait. matters to them. I, I think the whole working and cultivating your faith naturally causes doubts because you're actually intrigued and questioning and looking and it's very natural versus just okay and accepting it and moving on to sit and actually study it, think on it, look at it. it, it it's the old adage of if you always want to improve yourself, you keep questioning and highly critiquing yourself. Right. So the stronger you work in your faith, the more natural it is that you may have some doubts as you go through that faith. It, at least I think. Now, one thing I think in verse 23, you read, and I'm guessing it's NIV. It looks close enough to NIV. I'm going to call it NIV at this point. Verse 23 said, Jesus said to him, if you are able, all things can be done for the one who, um, who believes. And this is after the father says, if you are able to do anything. Right. In the message ver- version of it, in the version of it in the message, it says, if, Jesus said, if, there are no ifs among believers, anything can happen. But this is, this is, gets interesting. I mean, it's, it's, in, in, in the passage in the book, there's the punctuation, there's no question mark. In, in, in yeah. my NIV edition, there is a question. It's almost a very, um, the, the man says to Jesus, if you can help us, Jesus says, "If I can help you, um, but we got we've got some some various reflections of doubt. We we have the apostles who who cannot drive out the spirit, even though from time to time they've had that power, mm-hmm. um, and Jesus rebukes them by saying, oh, unbelieving generation,' and it's not really clear who he's addressing the apostles, everyone around him. He, he kind of calls them all out for, for a lack of belief, or it, it, maybe that's worth talking about, is a belief, is a commitment, because uh, obviously the, uh, the, the apostles can't do it, the disciples can't do it. The, 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 the man in this, the father says, I believe, I, I believe you are from God. I believe you may be the son of God, but help me get past my, as you said, get past my doubts. Help me be, overcome my belief. And, and, or, and, and as you're saying, if you're not, if you don't have doubts, you're not asking enough questions. I mean, that's really uh, what it's all about in many ways. Um, it's not... Um, I don't. I don't think God expects a total blind faith. In some cases, faith is persisting amid doubt. Right. Well, and and I I think it gets down to, and and our church is very unique in this matter, because we are encouraged to doubt and question and discuss. Right. And 
in Baptist churches and in a lot of Baptist churches, that is very much forbidden. <laughs> you know, no, 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 no. This is what it's like. You need to do that. I think it's one of the, I think as a man especially, it's our job to question and doubt. It's our job to be spiritual leaders of our household. And part of that is doing the questioning, doubting, looking, looking for answers. Yeah, okay, I get that. But I, I slightly disagree. Okay. Because here, here's the thing. I think for too long, and now what Steve was talking about, what I brought up in the class was this. So many times we think about our path, our journey, our faith journey. We're talking about the journey itself. Whereas the reality is, by feeding our faith and doing our discipline, we're actually building the machine that's going to go down the path and building a better faith-based person, your machine, you are able to handle more ups and downs and more things in life that someone who doesn't have faith and can get through. And the thing about it is, to me, faith and the reason why I do this, number one, it makes my life better. But number two, faith gives me hope. There's always going to be dark moments in life. So one thing I can count on my faith doing, my machine is built. So even when it's dark out, I am, I am hopeful and optimistic and I, my machine is going to continue on that faith path. See, and I think I think the doubts help build and mold you for the moments when you get. Because if you think about it, most of the time when we doubt, sometimes we doubt in the depths, but a lot of times we doubt in the highs. Well, because no, we I, have time to question in the highs. The thing about it is, people will make, especially men, you'll make an A, B, and C plan. Right. Okay. If A doesn't work, I'll do B. If B doesn't work, I'll do C. I have met very few people. Well, once A works, I'll do double A, A plus, and then when that works, I'll go A plus plus. They just assume that if prosperity happens or something good happens, that the next plans will just magically come to them, and they never plan. They never plan for it, and that's why I, I think people never really reach their full potential because they're always worried about the negative and to keep from instead falling of instead positive. of looking up with hope and optimism. But but negative negative is different from doubt. Yes. Totally um, agree. No, that's okay, that's and, and, and I would say that um, but you're you're smart enough to know that your road is not going to be uh, you know, the highways of Montana, the interstate highways of Montana with no cars around. Uh, it's and going to be like 610 <laughs> down right. with maniacs around. And so you've, you build, you've already, you, you've gotten, you're, you're older. Um, right. But that's, again, that's part of the process. You, if, if we were to take this literally, you learn how to drive better by driving in traffic. By driving in in snowy and rainy weather, right, right. You, you you if someone you don't want to be on a on the road with somebody who's pretty much just driven in Montana because they won't know what to do when they hit 69, 69 right. and six ten, 
And so this, and to take this to faith, to keep your, to keep this great analogy going, um, questioning a questioning is good, because on the other part of this, iron sharpens iron. I can come to talk to Robert or you, and you can say, "We, I've been through that. Here or here's my take on this," um, because. That's and 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 that's it comes down. It goes back to what we're saying. Um, you know, I believe, but there are days I don't. You know, I I I'm. It's kind of I'm 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 a I'm an optimistic guy. Let, let's let's think. I'm an optimistic guy generally. Generally, however, there are days where I'm ready to just kick it. Oh, and <laughs> and, and, and I'll give it because man, Saturday Steve heard my little my yeah. short story. I had the Murphy's Law of Flying experience. We were late to begin with. We unloaded a shuttle in front of right where a high school group was being dropped off a charter bus to get in security. We wind sprint in front of them. I get yanked to be patted down, and they have pulled my suitcase. And I'm talking about I had a boarding at 520 flight, and I hit security at 505. Right, right. You know, and... Talk about doubts and fears and all that stuff because it was the last flight to Houston that night for United. <laughs> right. I, there were no hotel rooms in the city of Washington D.C. unless I got my one night, my room back. Right. You know, and, and and going through those moments, like Steve said, do I have doubts? Yes. Am I stressed? Yeah, like beyond because I'm the guy that likes to be at the airport two hours early to make sure I. But I see, don't you, have bounced. you bounced. You bounced. There, there's a bottom there, and because yeah. you're resilient and you've continually feed your faith, and I think you that's and I, and I think that's you, key, right? Having the doubt, like Steve said, and doing what you talked about, feeding the faith continually, right? It helps you on that when you do have the doubts and the questions and the others. You may have the doubt in the at the bottom, but you hang on a minute. <laughs> but I can tell you this. And because we're both, and this is why this is a great panel for this story, we're all fathers, and we have sons. And I'm telling you what, if there would be any time that I would be at the absolute bottom is when my son was stricken like that. Oh, yeah. And, I, and, and is it, even though this is modern day, I can feel that father's pain well and and nowhere near to that extent but when i land in dc i turn my phone back to normal and i have a text from my son call me as soon as you land not a good text to be getting (laughs) from your child right when you're on a plane right i call him up what happened his laptop had went blue screen of death on him he was on the way going to to north carolina and he was trying to get some homework done. He's still without a laptop at this point. We got to go get his. But day boy, that's off. a whole lot easier than what might have been going through your mind. Oh yes, yeah. oh, darn straight. <laughs> absolutely, darn absolutely. Straight. I mean, but, but, we but always go to, to the worst. Son, we always but go to the worst. To the son, I'm feeling his pain, trying to help him figure out how to negotiate what to do with his laptop right. while I'm <laughs> on a plane in another right. way in another city. Right. 
and not to be uh, and and granted, it's spread, light compared to what other right. dads go. Through. But here, here's the thing, and add a little bit of perspective. Not that I want to share too much of my personal experience, though. But I have had an epileptic seizure before. Um, I had a few of the grand malls, and I had a few of the petite, and they uh, those were the ones that it happened to me uh, in my late teens and early twenties. My my problem was. I couldn't regulate my sleep I, because I'd, I'd work on the farm, I'd work a job early in the morning, and if I wouldn't get sleep, it would be fine. It would be fine with me. I wouldn't necessarily feel as tired as I should be and brought up in seizures. He, what they're describing in this uh, scripture that we read is absolutely true about what happens after you have an epileptic seizure. Oh, yeah. About all the adrenaline because I woke up in a hospital one time and it took all the strength that I had to blink my eyes. I couldn't lift my extremities. It's not that I couldn't feel them or anything, but all that adrenaline had been pumped through my system. And so what they're describing here, I have no doubt, is symptomatic of an epileptic seizure. Oh, without a yeah. doubt, so. without a doubt, <clears throat> as you look at it. So yeah, it, it, to me that's it's been one of the it, it's one of the more interesting because it it and it, maybe we talk for a little bit about Jesus' statement. You know, if you are able, all things can be done for the one who believes. I mean, I I, I think that a I'm going to totally state up front that that verse gets totally taken out of context. In particular, in the prosperity gospel group. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, yes. Oh, oh you know, yeah. oh, <laughs> if you believe, then you're going to have the brand new Mercedes Benz mm-hmm. and the 350,000 square foot mm-hmm. house. And, you know, and, you know, and, and you just have to have faith for that. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that is most definitely one of the verses that, that gets taken out of context in that. You know, and, and I don't think it's talking to that. I really think it's talking to, you know, the give us a day our daily bread kind of things, that we're going to get what we need from God. You know, not what we want, but what we need. And I think that's one of the more intriguing pieces when you look at Scripture and the Gospel but, is the but, need and want. Piece. But there it is. I mean, almost... I'll put it in blunt terms. Do you really believe? I think put the non-believer right in the room. Do you really believe that? I do, but, he, and, and I'm going to mm-hmm. go back to Bill's, the whole doubt thing, right. and, and having the journey. Because as guys, what when we are laid off, and I'm, I, I went through a layoff in my family last year, right about now, actually. Matter of fact, my Facebook message came up reminding me of the football game that we skipped because it was the day my wife was laid off, and I was not going to drag her to a football game because she was way down. Right. You know, do we really believe it? Was your statement? I want to. You want to? Hey, help. And 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 it's. But it, as a guy, what did we? What did I do? We drafted up an emergency budget plan. I made sure that I worked as much overtime as I could to try to make up as money. I mean, you know, I'm being honest. I know, I know. I mean, that's. But I mean, and there's the, there's the tough aspect of this because you're really, 
as, as, as you hear in many, many sermons, you're really being asked to give up that control. Yes. And give total trust to God. And, and not just, I mean, and, and, and in the, given the scope of the human condition, losing your job is small change in this. Oh yeah, you're you know you, oh, yeah. you go over and you're a, you're a Syrian Christian and you are now leaving your house, you're leaving your home, you're you've become a refugee and nobody in this world, no other country really wants you, and so you're stuck in a camp somewhere, and what you're holding on to is you know can you say can, can do you even feel comfortable going up to this person? who's like lost just about everything, doesn't know, you know, mm -hmm. where the heck they're going to be next week and say, well, you know, everything's possible, just keep believing. Yet, I mean, in, in the, the irony is, is that these oh, are some of the strongest Christians are, are yeah. you know, well, these are well, the, the and, last and, people to give up their faith. Let's take it back a little over a year ago when all three of us were looking at our houses being totally wiped out by a flood, <laughs> <laughs> you know, potential. Mm -hmm. And... Do we really believe we're going to be okay? Yeah. <laughs> but then you look at the you look at the flip side. That mm -hmm. people lost how they're, they're we oh, were, and there were people that we were blessed, but people. they were. But you look around. There was the Cajun Navy. There were mm -hmm. there were people. They the people who came and repaired their houses. The people who offered them shelter. It, you know, it wasn't. It wasn't the greatest thing to happen to them, but many of them were, we, we saw again, like, like, like Paul likes to write, you, you turn misfortune, you turn, you turn evil even, you, but you certainly can turn misfortune and bad things into ways to show the Spirit of God, to, to, to make the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. work. Well, poverty builds community, Wealth builds mm -hmm. walls. Oh, most definitely. Always has been. And when that crisis came, those walls came down. Well, and crisis mm -hmm. and crisis will build faith. Absolutely. Because you, I, I think in our crisis moments, we do tend to crowd in our crisis. And I think even looking at this, I, I think the dad's at his wit's end. I absolutely agree. I, I think the dad, and, and I'd really like to know. So the precursor before this story, I went and looked real quick. Mm -hmm. It's actually the transfiguration. Mm -hmm. And that's why it talks about when they came to the disciples. So it was Jesus, Peter, James, and John are all up on the mountain. Mm -hmm. They see Jesus transformed into, into his likeness. And he's sitting there with Elijah and Moses. Mm -hmm. And they're having a grand old discussion. <laughs> and Peter, Peter throws out, oh, this is awesome. Let's build some temples for you and Mother and Elijah. And Jesus said, wait, 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 Peter. We got work to do. And when they come back down the mountain, you get this. They walk up. And you. I, I kind of get the sense that the other disciples, not but the others, the other nine, including mm -hmm. Judas Iscariot, by the way, were arguing with the religious leaders. <coughs> Because I think they tried to pray and cast the demon out. They couldn't do it. And These then the like, religious leaders start, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> why are you here? You can't do that in God's name. This is blasphemy. And Jesus, I think that's the scene Jesus walked into, mm -hmm. was that. And the dad is just like, I Somebody help me. Yes. Some, yes. Just anybody. Yes. Anybody. Yes. And then I'll have faith, I'll have faith in whatever. 
And then he, and I think that's when he figures out who Jesus is. I think so too. At that point, I think that you know, I think that is a really, I think the pre, I, I would love to know more of that backstory. But here's the thing, I, what Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men is about, is to help us be equipped to handle those situations in real time. And what we're doing is we're looking at these examples that are back 2,000, 3,000 years. And then, but we're identifying the traits and what would be difficult for us to deal with. The most difficult thing for me in this whole story to deal with would be to finally say, I can't do anymore for my son. Because he's had this issue, these this spirit for years. Well, since and you feel and right and you just feel the pain of the father. And even nowadays, we are the fixers. We are the ones that make it all right. This father, I have no doubt, had tried for years. Well, I'd be willing to go, he had probably gone to every doctor, in loose terms, right. every doctor or priest or, 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 or whatever, yeah. and, the, mm-hmm. and I'm sure the religious leaders, mm-hmm. part of the reason they were yelling at the disciples is, we've already seen this. Right, right. They, there's nothing right. they can there's do no this. Secret. We've done it all. Right. And, and of course, somebody, you know, somebody along the way said, well, it's obviously some sin against God, either right. on his yes. part right. or your, your ancestors that, that have, oh, right. that have brought this upon right. you. Right, yeah, so pile on. <laughs> yeah, pile on the guy. And, and, and here's the thing, and, and I've said this many times, we are the leaders of our circle of influence, whether you like it or not, whether it's your family, your co-workers, when there is a crisis, you may not look like the leader, you may be just a guy that's working there, but when a crisis comes up and they look at you, you're on. Your turn to lead. But he, the, the the man, the father in this, he's he, led he's, and he, he, do he basically reach, he reaches the point where he he knows he he, he can't he can't do anymore he can't do anymore, and, and that's well, well at, and at times I mean part of this is is when is it wise to come to the conclusion that I have to lay this burden down I have to bring it to God. I have to bring it to the Lord. And, you know, again, we don't, we, we, we don't know what, but clearly that's what he does here. And, uh, and so it's, it's there, there's got to be some sort of wisdom in this, in being able to say, yeah, I'm in charge here, but at a certain point, at a certain point you realize, any man has to realize that there are things he can't control. Absolutely, and and it's very de- and and we've all run into men who think that who, right. who try who try whether it's other people's behavior or 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 matters and and they can get you know we know how frustrated they can get when they try to control things you can't because it's impossible and so he you know we don't we don't know his arc but he is definitely at the point where he feels he can't do anything else. Well, here's the, I I have an example in my own family. 
I had a sister who passed away of cancer at the age of 40. My parents dealt with it two entirely different ways. My mother knew too much about cancer because she was in medicine and she knew the fact that she had cancer previously. It was her gene that probably spread to my, was carried on by my sister, which ultimately killed her. My dad grieved, but he left it to God. And he only occasionally had issues with it, whereas my mother carried that burden to her grave. And it was the last 28 years that she could never get over that. It, it took the wind out of her sails. That is the issue with being the man and holding on too tight. You can't fix everything. You can't. What you can fix is how you feel and how you deal with the crisis. That's what you can fix. But if I, and I don't, I mean, to go to the story of your mom, but there's a classic case of, of needing the Lord's forgiveness and really accepting it. Because I can see that the psychology of that is, is not that unusual. Right. But, but you can almost see a parallel between the ancient days where they, where, where supposedly it was your sin. It was, you, you absolutely, passed on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it's, and it's it literally, but... It's true the genetic things were there, but it was still purely a spin of the genetic wheel. It was not anything that she did. That and, and I know I know you know this, and it's sad right. that it's sad that there, that solace was never there. But if if anybody's out there now troubled with the same thing, there's a it. That is, that's, it's not, it's I not believe, your fault. I, it is. I, I absolutely <laughs> yes. and believe I know, there's and people out there, people listening, that can't get over it. And I mm -hmm. see it more among Christians mm -hmm. than other people yeah. because mm -hmm. they have a conscience. They're trying to be good. And so if somebody won't beat them up over mm -hmm. something, they will gladly take the stick and beat themselves. Well, and and Don't. I think that's part of our human nature. That that and that's where the doubt comes in, mm -hmm. is because we do we want to beat ourselves. Because in, in my in my stupid little story about my flight, mm -hmm. I was kicking myself for why didn't I just spend the night? Because the president of our chapter mm -hmm. had said I'm getting a hotel room. I'm going to stay right. over Sunday night, mm -hmm. and I'm just sitting there going, why didn't I just spend the yes. stupid <laughs> night instead of having to put myself through this rushing to the airport thing, you know? And then I could have hung out and. You know, and all that, but I mean, just as an example, and I mm -hmm. think that the the doubts or the the doubts cause us to start second guessing ourselves. The second guessing is what causes the doubts, because we tend to not want to let it go as we go through. And another thing is, I think as men, we're not willing to give ourselves a break. Oh no. Mm -hmm. We hold ourselves to some absolutely unobtainable standard. What is that about? Uh, 
the tech people are looking at us through the studio window, so we'll go ahead and humor them. <laughs> but but that, that's what happens when you're celebrities. So, oh, we've been going so long. We've been going so long. We're gonna go ahead. Let's just go ahead and keep it going. The Astros game is on tonight. Yeah. Well, wait, so wait, we need wait. To, stop. What? You said that entirely wrong. What? The World Series champion Houston Astros, Astros are playing the Boston Red Sox this evening. Championship Series. <laughs> the American League Championship And we need series. this game. So I got to go home and put on my lucky socks. and, uh, and Because my, you know you can control the Astros. That's right. That's it. And I have doubt in their ability. So, so that's why I need to do that. I need to contribute all I can. I, it's funny that we talk about that. But I'm putting my rally cap on, you know, from from the first inning. So I, I, I took U of H red gear to DC to wear. Just saying on Saturday. And, and maybe maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's what we ought to do with our doubt. Maybe we ought to make fun of it, or you know what I'm saying. Maybe we ought to let it entertain us because that's it's gonna be there. Yeah, it is yeah. gonna be there. And so maybe we should just laugh. Uh, I'm a knucklehead for thinking <laughs> mm-hmm. that. You know, and maybe well, so. well it, it's one of those, I think, as we go through and as we keep looking at this and, and thinking through this, in particular men, and, and I'm going to go with even, I'm going to make a guess, have not looked at our demographics that listen to us, mm-hmm. other than I happen to know there's a few women that for some reason. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. But other than that, I'm going to guess that we skew towards very type A personality men who are very much achievers, who are very much go-getters and doers and all that in the world, we're the worst ones. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> when it goes wrong. You, you know, I you know, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot a period on that sentence in that mm-hmm. PowerPoint of seven hundred slides and I like, what period on that? <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> well Well see, I mean you guys are perfectionists, where unlike me, I, I um uh, if, if I was a painter, I'd probably outpaint everybody, but I would miss every corner because <laughs> I'm just not that guy. I'm more of a creative ideas guy, and but but that's where that's where I thrive, in. and that's the the uh, the mistakes I make because I batch process everything. I don't make one mistake; I make the same mistake thirty times. Because that's how I set everything up. But, you, you, you know, those are the things that I could dwell on because that's the kind of errors I've made my whole life. I could say I'm a knucklehead, which I am. But the reality is this. Take a little joy in the fact that the only people that don't make mistakes are the people that don't do anything. So when you have that doubt and you've worked on the machine... Let's, let's visit that for a minute. Is it the same people that never have doubts about their faith, do you think, don't ever really work on their faith? Or don't consistently work on their faith? I don't think they have depth to their faith. I look at okay. faith as like the roots, okay? Okay. And when a strong storm comes in, it'll blow the tree over. They may blow out of this faith. Um, 
I'm doing something else now because they've never really developed the depth of their faith. When you really develop that and then you are challenged with a crisis, I think you find how much faith you have and how much you rely on it. Because so much of life, especially for, I mean, us, I, I mean, just if you guys don't know out there, Sugar Land is the land of sugar. It is pretty sweet. We all live in subdivisions, fairly new homes. We have, the, the thing they say about Sugar Land is, we have problems here too. We just pretend we don't, you know? <laughs> we and sugarcoat our problems. We sugarcoat our problems, <laughs> absolutely. But Steve, not to put him on a spot, but I'm going to, went through a horrific accident merely a year ago. And he That's probably had to find, you probably found out how much depth you had to your faith. You added to it, I, again, I, I still remarked that surviving it itself was a miracle, or, or coming out of it right. as, as, as whole as I am now. I mean, it's, it's, was, 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 you know, you can call it guardian angels, I've spoken about this before. That, that simply was some kind of miracle there. Um, it was a... But I, I I don't want to interrupt you. But it's is because right. I have some same things coming up. Go you may you may yeah. continue. But yeah, I I definitely I never knew anybody who had, was who had just total complete faith. I, so I, so I don't want to make judgments about that. Right. Um, I do know that I went walked away from my early Catholic faith. Because I believe I was not trained to question it the way the way we train our, our church trains its and 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 encourages its adults and the way they train their kids. Uh, therefore, it was a very since I had a very shallow understanding of my faith at that time. It was a very it, it like you say it blew over easily. It was it was easily overcome by doubt and and cynicism or, or just unbelief. That that's a good analogy because mine I was Catholic light. I was Episcopalian and very very similar. Not not really raised to question. Not really mm -hmm. raised to doubt. Not really raised to where when I started dating a girl who was Baptist, mm -hmm. it, it took a bit, but you know eventually it came over because of. Like you said, it, it wasn't it wasn't taught. It was the ritual, the go through, the do the thing, and that's and, all it was. And this this is this is a, this may be a discussion or another lesson. This is what they were training me, and sounds like what they were training me to do was compartmentalize my religion. Yes, which is which is perhaps the worst temptation I think American Christians face. Yes, and deal with. Most of all, not not it's so much you do on Sunday. battling, you know, from nine the great great battles of the soul. But yes, um, I have the Lord's Day, and you know, I do my I, 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 I listen to the I listen to the pastor, I listen to the priest, I put my uh, donation in, I support my church, and I go home, and that's you know, I turn on the football game, and it's it's I, I don't mean done to my God like that. Day. and well. then I go to work Monday, and I don't think about it, but that's. 
that's been the biggest change in my life. But again, it, I go back to it. It raises because you think about it more, you question more, and you doubt more. But then you, it's a cycle. You come back, you, you, your belief and faith become stronger. The, the difference between uh, these guys and, and me, um, my parents were Methodist, but my grandparents were Mennonites. And so I went to both, So, and they were so different that I got to see different looks of I mean, different theologies. And then when I lived in Japan, I was exposed to Far East religion. And so questioning wasn't wasn't something that I had to do. It, it's, it's something I wanted to do because I wanted to kind of understand. So it's not like I was forced to question it. I, I just liked it, and I just wanted to do more. But my faith, and I hope you out there listening as we come down to the end of this podcast, it's a mosaic, and you put it together as you grow and mature and experience crises and success and doubt but you're building a machine and that machine is you and when they say follow the lord you're not following like a lemming or a sheep you're following the principles internalize them and take control and be the leader of your group well, it, it's one of those, and it's funny you say that internalized. I, I teach, I taught for years, seventh and eighth grade. I teach ninth to tenth grade now. And one of the reasons why I've always taught in our youth is because I have the belief, in particular the seventh and eighth grade boys that I've taught for years, that that's the year, because a lot of our kids in our church have come up in the church and they've heard the stories. And I tell them that this is the year you have to take those stories and you have to make them your story. You have to make your faith your faith and not just stories you've heard or stories you've heard about. But you have to, as you, as you said, Bill, very eloquently, you have to internalize that faith so that you have the strength to grow and move forward with. I think that is Absolutely. the key to it. So now we're coming down to the end. Uh, we're so glad that, uh, that you joined us. I want to go around uh, the room one more time. And... You know, um, if if you've listened to this a few times, and and a lot of people, a lot of you uh, are regulars. There's only three of us today, and when I first hit the studio, and I saw that there was two plus one host, and I, I don't have a whole lot of game. You know, I'm thinking, man, this might be a a hard slog. But you know, I mean, us being guys with sons that that doubt, and I know you do too out there. I hope you've benefited from this as much as I have. So one more time, I'm gonna go around the room and stop, start with, the, uh, start with uh, our resident gambler, Mr. Steve Titch. Doubting is not a sin. Doubting is not wrong. Doubting is not um, against God or Jesus. The book here, spotlights uh, a sidebar of a number of heroes of the Bible who doubted. Abraham and Sarah, Moses, Elijah, who got so depressed he thought he was the only guy left right. believing in God. Uh, Isaiah, Mary, uh, said, I'm going to be pregnant. Uh, I, I, I'm a virgin. Um, the disciples 
doubt it all the time. Uh, so it's not, it, it's something that's part of your faith. And uh, the question is, of course, is how you respond to it. Uh, and um, to, maybe the prayer is, I believe, help me with my unbelief. Agree. Pray the, pray the prayer and allow God to help you move beyond your doubt. Right. It's my takeaway. That it really is, it is prayer, pray to God and have him help you move beyond the doubt. Because as Steve said, doubting's not a sin. You know, right. the, the great heroes in the Bible had doubts. Thank God for all of us, because right. none of us would survive without that. Right. And to um, dovetail on the theme of doubt, uh, like I've said before, yes, I believe doubt is essential and can be used constructively. However, men in particular are well known for taking their doubt to extremes. Don't do that. Go to the Lord. This has been Man Up. This is Man Up podcast number 77. Dang. We come to you from Sugarline Baptist Church, Sugarline, Texas, which is right outside of Houston. If you're ever in our area, we record on Wednesday nights. You're more than welcome to come on in. And if you're here on a Sunday, we have a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men Adult Bible Fellowship. We invite each and every one of you to join a local church that's Bible-based. Why local? So you'll participate and be in an adult Bible fellowship, commonly known as a Sunday school class, and join a men only. And if there isn't one, start one. This is Man Up! You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.